welcome to West of North London, where I hope no one had dreams of winning the EFL Cup this year. <laughs> you know, of, of, of things of uh, me getting my hopes dashed, I, I think the EFL Cup is pretty low on them. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be crying too much tonight. Yeah. Oh, I'm Caleb. Oh, and I'm Tim. We, we, we kind of uh, skipped that part assume of people it. know at this point. Yeah. But maybe you're new. So there you are. I'm Caleb and he's Tim. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think uh, there, there's going to be too many people losing sleep over this uh, cup, getting knocked out of this cup tournament. No, and we had a, a game before that that was much more uh, more exciting. So Yeah, we're just going to maybe not lean towards the first game, not, not as much about the second game. Yeah. I think we can gloss over that one a little bit more. <laughs> well, I'm sure I have a few things I want to say about that game and I, I, I believe there's a, a little bit of a rumblings going on so we'll we'll, we'll address it but sure. I'd rather focus on the positives yeah uh, before we get to that let's talk about uh, drinks this week uh, what are you what are you drinking uh, well I haven't opened it yet uh, I'm still kind of uh, doing the healthy thing and not having alcohol, so I got a non-alcoholic Radler, a Stego Radler, which I love the alcoholic version of it. It's one of my favorites, and so I'm I'm gonna check this out. I I have high hopes for this because Radlers already are kind of light on the beer taste, so it's more the citron mm. or the uh, the lemon. So uh, let's see. Oh, that is fantastic. That is wonderful. It's a uh, if someone handed me this and didn't tell me it's non-alcoholic and just told me it was the alcoholic version, I would have believed them. Uh-huh. It's exactly the same. Uh-huh. You know, sweet lemon flavor with just a slight backing of malt. You can just kind of feel the beer in the background. I mean, Rather's in general only two point five percent, so non-alcoholic Rather's not not that much different. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, fully fully endorse this one. Much better than the. Uh, the non-alcoholic beverage last week. The hop water. Yeah. I'm glad to see that uh, Jonathan King Manilis uh, uh, agreed with me of uh, the assessment of that hop water. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I'd be hard-pressed to find people that have really um, gone to hop water as a primary drink. Like that. That's, yeah. that's a tough one to me to really get on board with. Well, I've had the uh, the Lagunitas one that he mentioned, and it is better, but it's a sweet drink. They definitely add some sweetener to it, so it's more like a soda ah. with a little bit of hoppiness than it is, you know, just pure hops, which is what the uh, Aslan one yeah. is. But I, I, I was talking to the brewers back at the brewery, and they, they were like, of course, because like you need like that's why you have malt in beers it balances off the 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 sweetness balances off the bitterness of the hops and you get like a nice balanced flavor. Mm-hmm. And if you just have the hops, it just is bitter and gross. Like, you know, the bitterness of the hops was developed to make creatures not eat it. So, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. There, there's got, there must be somebody out there drinking it. Yeah. It's really popular and it's in all the stores. So, yeah. huh. interesting. Yeah. Um, we were, we were just talking about, uh, adult beverages before the show started. We were talking about Halloween and my drink of choice last night uh, that went along with me and I had to do it again. Uh, Trader Joe's Spice Cider with Fireball Whiskey. Ooh, that sounds perfect. It's it's the, the perfect warm you up drink. 
yeah, it's a, I, I, I love that combination. I, I do, I do a, do it with a hot cocoa, fireball and hot cocoa. But I imagine the spice cider just kind of gets you more like cinnamony. Yeah, it works really well together. Like the cinnamon's already there. And then you're just kind of yeah. adding more to it. And the little bit of alcohol flavor is kind of overpowered by the sweetness of, of the, the other drinks. Yeah, I like your uh, your full buy in on the uh, the hot drinks. It's 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 hot toddy season. It is. I'm I'm considering making this uh, maybe a November thing. I, I'll just keep keep <laughs> this going. Um, I need to I need to come up with some other drinks though. I think I gotta I gotta try some sort of uh, spiked hot chocolate. Um, mm-hmm. What else can we do here? Uh, there's there's a drink I used to have. There was a, a restaurant in the U District way back in the day called Flowers. Uh-huh. Uh and it was right on the Ave. And they used to do a drink, a hot drink called a blueberry blueberry tea. And if I remember correctly, it was like Grand Marionet, Amaretto, and Earl Grey tea. Oh. I, I I would look it up and it tasted exactly like blueberry tea. It was really amazing how all this kind of like combined to make a blueberry flavor. Interesting. So that's your homework. Find blueberry tea. Blueberry tea. I should write that down. <laughs> Okay, I'll check that out. What else? I, I've one came to mind and then it left me. But yeah, hot, hot alcohol drinks. Send them in. Yeah, if you know of any good ones. Hot drink November. Uh, buttered rum. It's a little tough, but maybe make that happen. I like a buttered rum until I used to love them until I actually read the ingredients of uh of the hot buttered batter. Oh, I don't want to know. No, you don't. I mean. It's kind of in the name. Yeah, it's, it's just straight crazy. butter, right? Yeah, it's butter and sugar. Uh-huh. <laughs> it tastes so good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that that could be on the list, too. I, I only have a few weeks, so I don't have to come yeah. up with too many. <laughs> blueberry. It, the drink was just called blueberry tea, right? Yeah, huh? exactly. Okay. Um, all right. Drinks are done. What do you got for your Timbit? Oh, so as we're going to discuss further, Enkedia scored a hat trick this uh, this week. And uh, I was talking to a friend of the show, Jordan, and we found out that it was the 22nd hat trick individual player that scored a hat trick for Arsenal in the Premier League, which is kind of a, it means it's the most individual players for any team that have scored hat tricks in the Premier League. So I was wondering... How many of those 22 players you could name, Caleb? Oh, Arsenal players that have scored a hat trick in the Premier League. Uh, you're hitting me at trivia. That's my least <laughs> my least favorite. Um, okay. I've got the answers over here, so I'll just check them off as you go. 22 of them? 22 of them. Since, what, 1992 when the Premier League started? Um. Okay. Well, I guess I will start with Henri. Uh, you are correct. Does it say how many? Like, did he have multiple? I didn't. I He did have multiple. I didn't actually write down the numbers they had. I just kind of wrote down a list. Okay. Um, Ian Wright. Yep. Wrighty is on there. Uh, Theo Walcott. Does he get a hat trick? Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott is on the list and got a hat trick. Okay. Okay. Um, Aubameyang. 
Aubameyang did get a hat trick. Van Percy. Robin Van Percy most definitely got a hat trick. Where are you, Van Percy? There you are. What about uh, Alexis Sanchez? Sanchez, Sanchez. Alexis, yes. Okay. Uh, Lacazette? Laka. Laka did not get a hat no trick hat while trick. playing for us. Mm. No. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp definitely got a hat trick. Um, Fabregas? Shesk. No? No, Shesk never got a, fa- a hat trick for us. Okay. Uh, Pires? Yes, Pires did get a hat trick for us. Yumberg? Uh, uh, Yumberg did get a hat trick for us. I was excited about that one. What am I at? I don't even know how many I've gotten here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hmm. I feel like I'm missing obvious obvious ones. There's a couple obvious ones you've missed. You're missing. Uh, there's a couple deep cuts in here too. Okay. Did Ozil have a hat trick? No, I when I was talking to uh to uh Jordo, we thought he did, and nope, he did not. Hmm. Okay. Who am I forgetting? I feel like the harder I try to think of There's a uh, one or two players, there's one in particular that played not too long ago who's still playing He's playing in Italy now. Playing oh um uh Giroud. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. There's one player I think we'd all like to forget that he scored a hat trick with us. We'd like to forget he scored. I mean, we're grateful that he scored a hat trick for us, but uh, he's a player we I don't think I like too much anymore. I don't like much anymore. This is one that's probably staring me in the face and I can't think. Uh, Do you give up? I, I, okay. I'm going to throw out a cup. Well, yeah, I'll just throw out a couple names of strikers that are coming to mind. Uh, yes. Bentner. Nope. Um, Wellbeck? No, Danny did, did not score a Premier League hat trick for us. Did I don't remember Pepe ever getting one. No. Well, okay, I give up. I can't think of anybody else. All right. So the one I was hinting at was Adebayor. Oh, Adebayor. okay. Then we had Arshavin. I remember that one against Liverpool. Mm, mm-hmm. Andre Arshelvin and Nelka. Okay. That one I should have thought of. Campbell. Mm, okay. Overmars. Oh, yeah. Kanu. Okay. Pennant. 
Mm. Parlor, Ray Parlor. Mm-hmm. That's a, the deep cut. Yeah. Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then one that I, that kind of surprised me, uh, Carzola. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And those are your, those are your hat tricks. Not too bad. Yeah. And again, that's not, that's not counting Champions League, FA Cup, uh, Carabao Cup, uh, any of the other competitions, just Premier League. Mm, okay. All right. Not too bad. Could have been worse. Yeah. No, you did, uh, you did surprisingly well. I mean, there, there are a couple, like I, I think I said parlor. I think I got that one, but there were a couple other ones. I like an attaboy by or I got, but I, I, I totally forgot about, uh, over Mars totally did not Corz- get Corzella Corzolo. I shot down Ramsey. I didn't remember his hat trick and I totally forgot about Penn and I forgot he played for us. <laughs> well, with that, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the hat trick. Du jour. Um, let's let's start from the top here. Sheffield United, uh, maybe not the stiffest competition. I don't think we were super worried about this one, but that said, we have been known in the past to play down. I'm not saying in the recent past, but it's still in the back of my mind occasionally that we may slip up a little bit against a team we probably shouldn't. And with every, well, you know, with the last couple of seasons, I feel like we've kind of been able to get over that hump and put some of that behind us and find some consistency against teams that we should be beating. Um, but I can't let go of the past entirely. So there's still <laughs> a part of me. It's like, until they start scoring, until it really starts going, um, we, we are vulnerable. And, Going into that second half, only up a goal, I was like, hmm, I wonder if we're going <laughs> to fall fall prey to um, letting our foot off the gas in the second half here. But um, what a what a game it turned out to be. Oh, what a game. I mean, they, they, you do have to caveat this with the, the fact that Sheffield United is going through the worst start in Premier League history. They're definitely not a... A great side, but as you said, you know we've in 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 the past have not let that stop us from winning. So uh, yeah, I I I thought this was a very you know overall enjoyable game. It's a, I don't know if we spoke about it on air, but I, I know I've had conversations that it's it's the season's definitely been lacking a thrashing. Mm. You know, a good old fashioned more than a three goal margin, and we 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 got that. Yeah, I mean, we had the um, the Bournemouth game with four goals, but this one and the PSV game, we've had we'd had a couple mm-hmm. that were four goal, excuse me, four goal games, but um, this this one kind of felt felt right as far as this. So many times we don't hold our foot to the neck of teams that we should, um, and in this case, when you're playing, you know a, a bottom of the table team and you're sitting towards the top this is kind of what it should look like the golfing mm-hmm. skill is is apparent on the table it should show up in this sort of match um especially when you're at home it it kind of it, it sets sets it up nicely to um 
give some guys a, a little boost in confidence to right the ship if you're worried about goal scoring. Uh, this was a, a, a nice a nice performance in, in many different ways. And especially when you are missing your starting striker to injury and you have a, have a Eddie and Kedia come in, it's never a given that he's going to show up and, and provide the goals. You know, he is not a, a prolific scorer in his, you know, last, I don't know, 12 months, you know, he hasn't been lighting things up necessarily. Uh, he definitely showed up for this game. I, I it, it is against a, ba- a bad team, but you still have to score the goals. Yeah, I mean, and before we really get into the gaming game part of it, what, you, what, what are your thoughts on that lineup, the uh, the starting lineup there? Uh, it was uh, decent to see a little bit of um, change here to make sure the uh, we got we got a little bit of rotation. Um, Mill Smith Rowe, love to see it. Getting getting a start, um, Havertz getting in the into the match as well. Um, Kivior playing in the back line, giving Gabriel a, a break. So lots lots there as far as changes go. Um, nothing that would necessarily break the team. Um, Rice takes up the central midfield role, and uh, he looks. Wherever he, wherever he ends up, he looks natural. It's like I, I don't even think twice whether he's playing the six or the eight. He's kind of just mm-hmm. going to do everything he can. And uh, so I, I don't even really think about it. He, he kind of just picks up positions all over the field. He pops up where he's needed. Um, but yeah, it looked looked like a, a solid lineup against a, a, a lower team. I, a little bit of rotation was to be expected. And um yeah, this this was uh, uh, Enkedia's chance to shine with with Jesus out. So it, it you know again stepping up and uh, with you know a, a little bit of pressure on him, I think too, to show that he can do it. I think every time he gets these opportunities, everybody's waiting for him to slip up or not live up to the um, expectations. And so it's nice for him to have this kind of confidence boosting game when. Um, it's sounding like Jesus may be out until December is what I read today. Oof, so that's like not read that six, six games potentially. Gosh, is it sounding like a familiar, uh, refrain with Jesus right now that, uh, he's not getting, uh, long stretches in the team. Yeah. Um, I don't think Arsenal is in any position to do anything about it in January, but, uh, I, there, there's a couple spots where we need, need some strength in numbers or some less fragile players because uh, par- party's in the same boat sounding like he's in, a, in, mm-hmm. in at least at least a few games as until we see him back as well um but yeah and Kedia getting getting to take the opportunity uh i think he he needed this it was good good to see him take advantage of the opportunity here yeah, I mean, what 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 can you say? All three of his goals were well worked, good goals. Uh, I loved his uh his first goal in that hat trick, just to kind of turn and just burying it in the box there. Yeah, they were yeah they were good good quality, like you said, and uh, great um, pass from Rice to set up the first goal. Uh, 
again, the, the redirection from Enkedia to just give himself the space. Uh, he pretty much abused Austin Trusty. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to do that to a former Arsenal guy, but you didn't make the, you didn't really play for the team. So I don't think anybody was feeling too bad about <laughs> posting up five on him. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, uh, he, he got some abuse from Enkedia in that first one. Um, and it, it was, it, it was what you, the kind of service that you want for Enkedia. He's right there mm-hmm. in, in the six. Is he's doesn't have too much work to do in that space. He's taking on one defender. Um, it's down to him him making a, a goalkeeper goalkeeper beating shot, and he picked that picked out the the right spot in uh, a tight space. And that's I think I don't know why there seems to be reluctance or you know when when we're playing with Enkedia, it seems like you have to kind of adjust the type of service that he gets, uh, and sometimes he just doesn't get the type kind of balls in the space that he needs um because when he's in this area he's he's pretty ruthless i mean he's not always scoring these goals but he he makes things happen in that space yeah i mean i think this game really highlighted the the positives of Enkedia that what he is is a player and uh, specifically a striker which is that he's a i mean i don't like the term fox in a box but he's 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 a very straightforward striker is he, he he you know put him in the range of the the mouth of goal he's going to put that shot on target he's going to be scoring those types of goals and i think you hit that nail on the head that you know he's not going to be making the spaces that jesus does or doing the interchanges with martinelli or or things like that the more uh flashy plays mm-hmm. but when given the correct service he definitely does score goals and i think that's something uh, we should keep in mind for the next couple of months as we're probably going to be seeing a lot more of Enkedia. Right. That we may have to uh, dumb down is probably the wrong word, but um, streamline our service hmm. to the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he showed he showed some different things in this in this game. Um, you know, not exactly everything you would expect. Uh. But even the, on the um, on the second goal, I mean, he, same same sort of area in that uh, six yard box. It, he's in the right place at the right time, taking advantage of a deflected um, shot and getting getting that uh, shot into the upper upper part of the goal. I mean, it's, there's no nicer way to put it away in that range. Um, make it pretty hard to stop. Uh, mm. and, and, and just looked really comfortable in that, in that area. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's continued to, to show different things. I think that's it, mm. the interesting part about him is he's, even though, um, we know kind of generally where he t- tends to score the third goal, mm-hmm. completely different. He comes to yeah, the top I mean, of the, the- box. The third goal is probably my favorite of the three goals. I love a, a long distance screamer, and yeah, again, it's—I mean, it's a very direct shot. He was given space, which is uh, not always going to be the case, but you know, given the space, he has that that shot and that directness to goal, which I I think is a uh, definitely part of his uh, skill sets and his assets. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much what more you can say. It, it was. A beyond excellent goal and and just a, a great performance and 
I think it was really awesome of Sokka when he got subbed off to give a giving Kedia the captain's band as well to kind of reward him for his, you know, kind of one of his marquee showings at home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He he was he looked like an exciting player and I think Arsenal were vindicated in keeping him over, you know, maybe giving Balogun more game time. Um, you know, this was this was a choice in in when they gave him a new contract and kept him around uh it 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 was a you know at some point he needed to show that he was worth keeping on the bench as a backup to Jesus because we knew mm. the fragility was there you know we've we've seen the the uh injuries for for uh Jesus come come pretty frequently so you need somebody that you can rely on to fill that gap you just know that it's going to be there and to keep keep um keeping Kadia to put him in that position and say here here's this golden opportunity if you can take it and he never has seemed to shy away from that he doesn't stop working hard it just doesn't always really work you know mm-hmm. and this time it did and i hope that that builds and he can be more consistent because the work rate is there it just needs that really more consistent end product and He's always been a better starter than sub. Uh, so when he gets these opportunities, he's really got to use it to to showcase what he can do. Yeah, and I think, you know, go, going back to the uh, Enkedia versus, why am I forgetting his name, the young striker, Balogun, mm-hmm. uh, argument is that I think we're, we're looking for a win now as opposed to a win later strategy. And I think, you know, in some ways, I would love the minutes to be going to Balogun to develop him because I do think he has the potential to be an amazing striker. But Enkedia, I think, is going to be more likely to score goals now. And I think we're looking at the league and what we have, and it's kind of win now. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the uh, the calculus that was done as far as that, that kind of backup striker position. Yeah. And, and he, you know in terms of going out and getting somebody um whether it was him or Balogun they were we were in a good position that we had homegrown players to to work with it has not mm-hmm. been a big area of expense um as of yet you know not that Jesus was cheap but we haven't hadn't had to spend a lot of money in that position and so to be able to sell Balogun and rely on Enkedia and not have to break the bank to bring in a backup to Jesus at this time. I think that's a, we're in a good position to kind of kick that can a little bit and hopefully go back into the market, kind of find something that can maybe upgrade on Enkedia and still have a very sellable asset there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, it's games like these that are going to help us recruit or not even recruit, but uh, help us get some money for Enkedia in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think the thing with Enkedia right now is that we we just this is his level. This is I think we're we're seeing peak Enkedia. I don't think there's going to be much kind of a higher ceiling for him anymore. He's like, you know, 23, 25, somewhere around there. Yeah. And so we're we're really kind of what what we see is what we get with him 
So it's definitely an area that I think could be improved, whether it's in the winter or next summer. But I think if he continues to have performances like this, especially against a team like Sheffield, hopefully uh, further on when we're playing some of these teams, if he can consistently score goals, that's all you can ask of him. And I think it, uh, it it's a uh, a smart move. It'll it will we'll see at the end of the season if it was a smart move, but it it feels like right now it's it was the correct move. Yeah, and if he can continue to contribute, it doesn't mean he has to carry the team as far as goal scoring goes. We have mm-hmm. we have the the wingers that can provide most of that great midfield group. Um, so he he's as long as he continues to work hard, there's not a lot of pressure on him to be the the main guy. So if he can just be that regular contributor that um, we really need. To, I think there's just getting that consistency is important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, you put it exactly right that I I think in the absence of Jesus and even when Jesus was on the team, it was our, uh, our wingers and kind of our midfield that was really providing is going to, and has been providing the, uh, the, the backbone of our goals, you know, the Martinelli's Saka, uh, Odegaard's, uh, you know, even rice, these, those are the where we're looking for our goals. And if Enkedia can kind of chip in every once in a while, he'll be kind of pulling his own weight. Yeah. And if you can just have one of these big games where you can provide multiple goals, that's even better. Yes. Uh, but it but it wasn't only Enkedia in, in that was on the, in the score sheet as well. We had uh, two other ones. Yeah. And, and, and I was thinking, looking at the highlights of this game, a couple pretty good shots from other players as well. You know, Mm -hmm. like I think Martinelli had a great shot early in the game. Um, Ben White had a screamer that got just outside. I think it was just wide or just high on that one. But um, yeah. Tommy also before he scored uh, also had a nice little screamer from outside the box. Havertz had a good chance at the end of the game. (sighs) Thought that was in. I I wish that was in. I mean, how nice it would have been for him to to go Uh get that, that, that uh, goal from play. But yeah, that's what he needs. Not not just a yeah. penalty. He needs a real one that one that he makes himself. If only to uh, kind of uh, quiet people, because I, I also think with Havertz that he's actually doing a job for us, and I'm I'm not I'm not upset that he's not scoring necessarily. I just I kind of wanted just to kind of quiet the noise a little bit mm-hmm. around him. Yeah, I think um, I I don't think of like. Jaka is a, a a flashy player. He kind of mm-hmm. did his role, and I think yeah. Havertz could be that. But I think the expectations from him were different. Yeah, and I think uh, that's the thing too is we're coming off Jaka, who outperformed his last season with us. He's definitely the the the. I would almost argue that the best season he had was his last season mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. And so, and especially from the goal scoring front, Jaka was uh, contributing more than uh, we would. Not, think of him doing before so it's kind of a a difficult comparison but i think if you really mentally just think of havertz not as a a martinelli replacement or a striker offensive replacement but as a a, a jacques replacement i think you'll you can appreciate what he's doing for for us yeah i mean it's it's you, you get the sense he's still got more to to give and mm-hmm. so I'm not happy, uh, not unhappy with where he's at. If we can continue moving 
forward. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's not in a bad place. It's just getting that, getting that final product out of him where he's, he's actually um, even, even more providing assists or, you know, being a, a, be- a bigger goal scoring threat. I think it, right now he, he, he kind of fizzles, but it, it, he does enough on the rest of the ga- in the rest of the game to, to make it okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's chipped in with a couple assists this year. Um, sorry, I was going to pull up his assists. Uh, but in, you know, it, I think it wasn't like we were expecting uh, Xhaka to, you know, so he has one goal, one assist in the Premier League this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, again, like when we were looking at Xhaka, I don't think we were expecting him to be like a, an assist machine or a goal machine, but just, you know, I think if he ends the season with five goals, seven assists, I think it would not be a bad season for him with all the other work that he's been doing on the team. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, so other actual goals, goal scorers. Um, <laughs> kind of, you know, after Nketiah's hat trick, game was pretty much done. So these were kind of just salt in the wound for Sheffield, but <laughs> great for the home crowd. Um, the The next one came pretty pretty late into the game um 87th minute um well probably a little bit earlier for the foul um foul in the box on Vieira uh VAR review gets called a penalty you know probably when we didn't even need it we get one yeah. called for us <laughs> that's how it works right yeah um but yeah uh Vera puts this one away uh, and celebrates, I think, uh, birth of a child or a coming child. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, generally with those, uh, symbols, ball, ball in the belly and sucking your thumb usually is birth of a child or upcoming child. Yeah. I don't, I don't I, know I, if it, it, I thought I saw something about it, but I don't know if it was, oh, uh, an upcoming thing or, or just had happened. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard, but I mean, good for him. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's, uh, enjoying life and, uh, having having that sort of thing the penalty was uh, it was on the edge of the box when i first saw it i thought it was out personally hmm. i but, guess uh, i guess it, that line can be interpreted interpreted however they want yeah uh, like everything in uh refereeing these days pretty much uh, <laughs> but uh you know i'll take it I, it would be nice to kind of spread that around to, to other games where we may need it more but, right but uh you know and I'm I'm always a little trepidatious about a, a player taking their own penalty. I, I'm you know of the old school where if you're in the penalty, you should give it to someone else type of thing with mm. the adrenaline running. But you know he seemed to be confident and he buried it. It was a good penalty, faked out the keeper. And when you watch that penalty, if you look from behind, you could really see him selling, going the direction the diver or the the uh, keeper dove and just changing the direction last minute. So it was. Well taken penalty. Yeah, he seems pretty solid in that area, and uh, good good to pat pat out the the goal the goal tally for the year. Um, I think to spread those around is is good a good idea to kind of keep guys engaged. Yeah, and it also you know if we ever do get in, especially in Champions League, if we make it further than the group stage, which is looking likely, there's going to po- probably be a penalty situation at some point, and the more actual practice game practice you get with penalties the uh to more players the the happier i'll be yeah so 
Absolutely. Um, and you know, the, the, I can't, I'm trying to think if there was ever a point where Sheffield really threatened in, in my mind. Not really. I mean, I, I, we have a, you know, they, we'll, we'll get into Tommy's goal as well, but, uh, I just, I mean, this is definitely a game that really felt one-sided. I was, mm-hmm. even when we were one nil down, I wasn't too nervous. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Sheffield United play during the season. It's not a team I generally turn on the game for, but looking at them, at least against Arsenal, they definitely did not look up to Premier League standards. So, yeah, I mean, and the other on the other side of the ball, we can really be happy with another Arsenal clean sheet and, you know, a, a very strong defensive performance from Arsenal. And, you know, really, it's getting to the point where we can really kind of consider our home stadium a fortress and that you're not really going to score a lot of goals against us at home. Yeah, just to put it into perspective, a uh, 68% possession, 90% pass accuracy, um, eight shots to zero on target <laughs> shots on target uh 13 shots total for arsenal two for sheffield yeah but uh that seems to 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 sum it right up yeah um and then i think maybe my favorite goal because we've, we've got tommy asu fever at this house my my daughter who will watch games with me but doesn't really like focus enough to pay attention to player names has really mm-hmm. keyed in on tommy asu and and knows him by name and <laughs> and uh is excited when he gets on the field so him scoring a goal was a was a big bigger deal in our house no, I, I think i'm with your daughter there I'm, i've i've fallen in love with uh tommy Oscar. i was i've always liked him on the team but just the more he's become part of the furniture he's definitely uh one of my uh my favorite players i i, I think he's just he's fun to watch and i think this year him kind of exploring his more offensive side of the ball and you know, even beyond the goals, you know, getting that shot from outside the box and really kind of uh, becoming a, a two-way player is a, is something I wouldn't have said about him last uh, last after last season. You know, I got the impression from him when he signed with us, um, like he willed himself to into being a two-footed player. Like he just mm. would not accept that he couldn't be you know like he just kept working at it until he was i think the challenge of being a more offensive player or being able to emulate what zinchenko does with the um tucking into the midfield and and being more involved going forward i think it suits him in a way that i didn't expect and i think he's stepping up to that challenge and just taking it as some an, another another set of skills that he can master and i i think he's just going to keep getting better and better so i'm i'm excited to see where this goes and really his defensive acumen is is far higher than sinchenko's and so mm-hmm. we've been seeing sinchenko kind of having a, a bit of a rough time on defense lately um and so when tommy asu gets brought in for him i kind of feel a bit better about it because what what he lacks in his offensive capabilities uh, he more than makes up for in his defense. And so it, it's um, a little bit more security from Tommy Asu when he comes on and you get, you know, he, he he's starting to grow into that offensive side. So I think we're going to continue to see 
the tide kind of shift away from Zinchenko playing that left back position. And, you know, I think we talked about it last week. We may need to explore moving Zinchenko around to accommodate Tommy Asu coming in. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want to get too far into uh, the Carabao cup game today, but uh, the, uh, the first goal really came off a corner that Zinchenko basically gifted to, to, to West Ham from a, a defensive error. And, you know, Zinchenko we saw last year was prone to a, to a couple of those, uh, those types of errors uh, and cost us, you know, a, you know, a couple points here and there, which was at the end of the day, the difference between us winning the premier league and not, obviously there's much more factors, but, but I, I'm very much more of the opinion that Tommy Asu is the, the starter in that position because he can, offer the defensive stability and is seeming to find his own in the the more offensive side of things as opposed to the reverse. I'd rather play a player better on defense who's learning on offense than kind of vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think the, you know, you, you kind of look at different skill sets. I think the technical ability of, of um, Zinchenko is, is pretty high amongst everybody on the team, but, you you look at um, the defense from Tomiyasu, but also that that two footedness really puts him in great positions to make some passes that most players can't. Um, mm-hmm. So he he has a different set of abilities. So it's I would, um, you know, for for all the things that Zinchenko can do, I I think I'm I'm coming around to Tomiyasu being being the starter. And yeah, the Zinchenko thing. I think he he has not made a great case for him being the long term starter there. I just can't mm-hmm. I can't see that being the best option. Um but it would be a little bit of a shake up to to put him in elsewhere. Yeah, and you know, players will develop and change and as I it, just as a peer if we ever go to a 442 with a peer normal left midfield position for a game, I think he would be the uh, a perfect, just straight up left midfielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny even think consider that like that's such a an antiquated idea, <laughs> especially <yeah. laughs> in this team where nobody is a pure anything. Yeah. So I mean, and you know, not to focus too much on uh, Zenchenko, but moving back to Tommy Osu, that that goal he scored was just it was great. It was a it was a poacher's goal. You know, he's up. For the 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 corner kick, I believe. Mm, I think so. And uh, he just kind of was in the right place at the right time, and very similar actually to uh, to Enkedia's uh, uh, second goal. Really, mm-hmm. yeah, same same position. Um, he just pokes it in, and I, you know, as as the team team came came up to him, I think most guys were just realizing in the moment that that was his first goal for the team, and some guys were really excited about. Um, him finally getting that <laughs> opportunity, and I, I think it, it's it's just nice to see a guy that everybody really likes get that um, get that first goal for the team. Yeah, get that little bit of validation, and you know when you see these celebrations, it is also it's really nice because you really do see a team that is is gelled and really enjoying each other's company. And you know, I think the team spirit, the togetherness, as a uh Wenger would call it is a is it really high right now it is a very i think that's you know when we have bad times this togetherness is going to help keep the ship stable right because i think there 
there is a tendency when things do get tough to point fingers and that sort of thing. But if you have an established team mentality and you understand that everybody is culpable, like for all the success, it's the team for all the failures. It's the team. Like Mm -hmm. you, you kind of just start bringing that mentality and then it's, it's, it's easier to keep things positive and moving in the right direction when individuals aren't singling, getting singled out. And I'm sure that has been an issue in the past, especially with some of the individual egos and personalities that have come through this team. Um, it feels like a lot of, a lot of that, that individuality is kind of gone. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and you have a lot of players that are contributors and understand their role and, and what they need to do. And that, that applies to the people on the bench when they get their opportunities, they, they, uh, um, everybody cheers for them, you know, like it's not, there's no animosity when other players get up, get chances. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like there's selfishness there. It's just everybody's understanding of the, the little, um, contributions that everybody can make. Yeah. Uh, so it's great, great to see the celebrations for sure. And it, they especially are, um, Exciting when you get a, a five goal game, you know, the crowd's really into that. Uh, it was, it was just nice, a nice feeling to, to get what we deserved out of that game. And, uh, I think continue to chip away at that, uh, goal differential. And, uh, right now we're sitting, sitting in a good position. I mean, a couple points behind, uh, that, that chicken team at the, at the top, <laughs> um, but you know, uh, uh, up uh, up on goal differential now at uh, plus uh, fifteen. So mm-hmm. uh, Tottenham sit at plus thirteen right now. So if we can make up the points, we're we're sitting on sitting on top with the uh, tiebreaker. Yeah, I mean, how uh, how annoying is that a uh, Tottenham game earlier in the season? Uh, uh, this, uh, we'd be uh, we'd be top of the league if it weren't for those. Uh, that uh Tottenham comeback. Yeah, who who would have thought um we'd be sitting here with Man City just looking up at them. I mean, that's frustrating, but we're 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 not through the the tougher part of the season yet, I think. Yeah, no, we'll see how this shakes out um, you know, come January. There are plenty more games in the season and I think uh the top of the table is going to have a very different look towards the end of the season than it is now. Yeah. Clip it. <laughs> I, th- I think, well, I, I do think it's going to look very, um, I think there will start to be some separation at, at the end of, uh, end of December. I think with the, mm-hmm. the impact of the amount of games that have to happen between now and the end of the year, I think some teams are going to, uh, face some injury and fatigue and it's, it's, it's going to catch some teams. Yeah, I mean, I if specifically that Tottenham team looks really paper thin on depth. I know we have some uh, talking points about depth, but I, mm. I think that that Tottenham team is very, very paper thin. And a couple, you know, as the 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 season starts grinding and those winter fixtures come in, where you're playing, you know, three games in a week, it's it's really going to uh, to show. Yeah, the the benefit for for Tottenham right now is that they don't have a lot of extra i mean they're basically just they're just doing the um premier league right now so it it's they get they get a, a little bit more rest than we do but yeah uh it, it, 
I, I think we are more set up for the stretch as far as the um, uh, amount of um, bench players that we have that we can tap into, which we're yeah. already tapping into. So hopefully that, that works out. But um, then you have these, these dis- distraction games, I will call them. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it, I don't, I don't know if it's like the worst thing in the world to, to lose this game, but it is, I think, uh, frustrating uh showing today not my not my favorite game to watch no it was a it was a very frustrating game even you know i would i would say starting lineup is a what a b plus a minus squad there are you know a few starters or you know quasi starters in that team a, a decent amount of rotation you're you're looking at you know reese nelson getting a start mm. kvr who started against sheffield as well but you know isn't i would say an established starter with a team getting minutes Havertz from the start and you know so you you have some rotation and you know even Enkedia in there I wouldn't say that Enkedia is nailed on for the starting position as well or I I don't know how to describe it but I, I just wouldn't call him like top quality start starter sure yeah he's still our you, stick, if, second string guy yeah so uh yeah it, it, and you would hope that they would have put him in of a bit more of a performance, even with that caveat being said. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, when you start the game basically with a own goal, it was uh, all downhill from there. That was, uh, I mean, yeah, the game was kind of back and forth to to, to start it, and then that, that Ben White own goal was just. Uh, I mean, it's I. The more I watch it, the as I said, you know, it was set up by a defensive mistake by Zinchenko that Gabriel, Gabriel had to uh, kind of, you know, save it and knock it out. And then when you're looking at Ben White, you're seeing him and he's trying to get under it and just pop it over the top of the net. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, Ramsdale was definitely being held down and dragged down. His shirt was, you could see his undershirt. Uh, so there was some mitigating factors, but really, it was a, a horrible angle. It looked like he was trying to. Sh- he was a a, a a West Ham striker, yeah, it, going up for the ball and just knocked it right in. Yeah, it, it was very badly misjudged. Uh, just I I I don't know. It it it, could, it couldn't have scored it better had he tried. You know, it just it was a very nice header. <laughs> yeah, and I think I got it as a, a spectator, and you might. I think it might have translated onto the team that it just felt like one of those nights after that went in. You know, mm. like, it was a way the the West Ham fans were definitely into it. The crowd was there. I think the West Ham players were definitely much more up to it than the uh, than Arsenal just seemed in that game. Mm-hmm. I think there were uh, uh, throughout the game a, a, a lot of anonymous players on Arsenal, like and. I don't think Enkedia looked especially bright. I don't think uh, Reese Nelson looked incredibly bright. Uh, yeah, as I said, Jinchenko didn't look at his defensive best. Obviously, Ben White wasn't <laughs> at his best. No, nobody looked particularly good. I mean, I'll say the player I thought looked the best for Arsenal in the opening part of the game was uh, Havertz. I thought Havertz was doing a, a good job, had a close header again, was uh, distributing the ball, but you know, it wasn't. Not he a, wasn't scoring. Not so. enough to impact the game. 
which yeah. is kind of what's been missing from him. Um, at least you know, not 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 to the extent that we needed in this game. Uh, the the elephant in the room, I think, is Ramsdale coming mm-hmm. into this game. Uh, you know, I think everybody was circling this game on the calendar and saying, okay, this is when we're going to see Ramsdale next. And let's, let's see if he can make a case, if he can find a way to crawl his way back into Arteta's uh, field of view for the Premier League. I, I actually feel kind of bad for Ramsdale in, in these circumstances. I actually feel bad for both keepers. I think mm. there could be an argument for Arteta not handling this keeper situation all that well. And kind of what he's done with this kind of, with this, I don't know, exp- his, his explanation of why, you know, Reyes is starting all this is just putting a microcosm on both keepers so that the entire fan base and the entire soccer world that's watching Arsenal is trying to dissect every performance and look at every piece, find the mistakes or find the excuse why this player is start, not starting or why this player is starting. And so I feel I feel bad for Ramsdale being put in this position because he just, you know, he gets one game to try and uh, prove, prove himself. And, you know, I, I, I personally don't think the first goal or the second goal was anything he really could do differently. Uh, the third goal, it hits your hands. You should save it. I, I know that mm. it's maybe a little too simplistic, but I, I, there was a deflection on it. I know but it still hit you right in the hand. You, you, it shouldn't be going in the net, but I thought his distribution was all right. He, he looked like he was doing some, some good passing. It just, yeah. It, it wasn't a performance where you say he should be starting over Reyes. Yeah. I think I, I, because we haven't seen much of Ramsdale lately, I kind of forget what he's like. And it did feel a little less under control than Rhea does. And, you know, mm-hmm. Rhea's very um, buttoned up, I would say. Like, he's yeah. he's not, um, he doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve, per se. And he, he is very clean in his execution of what he's trying to do. Ramsdale's maybe a little bit, lean, leans a little bit more to the wild side. Not that he is... Um, not able to do a, 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 a equitable equitable job there. I think they both are very similar as far as the results go, but um, there's just a feeling I get from, from Rhea that, that feels a little more secure. And I think that it, maybe I've just gotten used to how Rhea operates and Ramsdale felt a little different, but it, it, it's not necessarily bad or worse. It just feels different now that I haven't well, seen him in it for a while. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of the things that makes him a fan favorite is that he is wearing his heart on his sleeve, that he really is kind of feeling the same way us as Arsenal fans feel while watching Mm -hmm. the game. His emotions are there. And I I do think there is a place for that in the team. I think there is a little bit of an intangible that that adds. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it, it makes the... It I, I it does help with the defensive structure. I think to have a more you know animated goalkeeper, uh, but it also may cause some issues when the defense make things a little bit more on pins and needles. 
So it's, you know, it, it cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think it's, um, it's going to be tough to take, take it away from Raya at this point. Um, especially with, since the, you know, you've now lost the oper- more opportunities to make the case by getting knocked out, you know, like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't get more opportunities than what's on the calendar. And now you've just eliminated a, 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 a another game where you could have made the case that you should be starting. So Ramsdale, it, it's going to be tough, a tough yeah. game, a tough uh, battle for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still holding my prediction. I think he might, he, he's a player that we might cut loose in the, in the winter window. I think he might push for it too, seeing as if he wants to get on that England national Euro squad. Yeah, I, I, that would leave us pretty thin, though. I would like to have some decent replacement in the wings if that if we're going to let him go. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, if you're you're if as you mentioned, it's uh, unlikely that he's going to get a, a, a ton more games, anyways, unless there's an injury. And obviously, maybe you would want to hold on to you know, in a second you'd in an ideal world want to have two starters as goalkeepers, but I think mm-hmm. that's a very difficult balancing act to have as a club, mm-hmm. especially when there isn't cup uh, opportunities for a keeper to showcase themselves and make a case for starting. So uh, I, I think there could be an argument made for selling them if the price is right and go in with our, our backup that we have now. I think I think they'd be better, better off whole, even if he's not, I mean, I'm sure he would prefer to play, but if he's um, able to hold on until the end of the season, I feel like, you know, if you're talking about Enkedia being the win now sort of um, player, then keeping to starting keepers is, is the, the win now mentality, right? You got to, you got to kind of keep it so you can get through this season and see what you can do with it. And if you, cause if one of them goes, if you, if you lost Raya in the second half of the season and didn't have a proper goalkeeper, goalkeeper around to see the run in it, I mean, it would be one of the biggest mistakes, you know, it, I think it'd yeah. be worth, worth the risk of a disgruntled goalkeeper to have Ramsdale through the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the uh, it's not from. The, I think the main pressure isn't going to be from the Arsenal side to sell him. I think it's going to be the pressure from Ramsdale with that Euro tournament in the summer. Yeah, that he he's going to want to be starting to be uh, considered in that. Uh, even even getting a backup slot at this point, if you're not starting, it's going to be hard for him to 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 make that squad. Right. Yeah, I I get it from his perspective. Um but he he's in a tough spot because Arsenal did sign him to a long-term contract. So he doesn't have a lot of leverage there to mm-hmm. try to force his way out. Um, we'll see. We'll see though. But uh, I mean, I believe we had a, a question about the, uh, the goalkeeping situation. Um, in the There was some debate about whether he should have sold the foul on the first goal. Yeah. I, 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 so there was an obvious shirt grab there and he does go down. Um, I think with at the, a collision with the other 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I can't remember if it was a it was a defender and a, a player falling into uh, falling into him. I think that I mean it, 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 it's a tough one for for me. Like the the idea that he should sell that more, I I it just it doesn't strike me right. I think you have to as a keeper, especially as a keeper, just play till the whistle. I think you know. Because it's so dangerous to sell, especially as a keeper, to sell something. You know, it was a, it was an obvious shirt pulling. I don't know if there's no VAR in Carabao Cup or if no, they just, I don't think there is. And and so, because I think that would have been something that would have been VAR'd and probably given to Ramsdale because it was obvious that it was a, a very <laughs> deliberate shirt pull and a very and it took him out of position to make the save, possibly make the save. Uh, but I don't think you as a keeper can, can just go down and, you know, complain. I think you would have gotten the same result whether he, you know, sold it more or not. And I'd rather the keeper try and make the save. And, you know, there's just, I really, there's nothing much else Ramsdale could have done for that goal. It's, I don't put that on him in any, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's going to have a tough time stopping that ball from Ben White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is, it is tough to, you know, I, I don't know if we would love VAR, if it would come to our aid in this situation or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't have it and you see these things happen, I don't know if it, it, it's necessarily a guarantee that you're going to get the call anyway, but you, you'd like to have somebody else taking a look at it. Um, but yeah, it's it is what it is. I, I don't know that uh, the you know I feel like keepers get overprotected a lot of times. So I, I mm-hmm. if the ref didn't think that was a foul, you you're probably not going to get the review either. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, to be fair, it wasn't just this goal that caused us to lose the game. No. It was an overall performance that was pretty pretty lackluster. You you certainly don't want to start the game with an own goal, though. I think that definitely sets the tone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of blaming uh, Ben White's uh, platinum blonde hair. I think he went a little too white, too literal with his name, and is too too white, too much, too blanco. He's now too Benny, too blanco, muy blanco. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's. It was not a it was not a great overall performance in this game. Obviously, we were dealing with a, a different lineup. It, it didn't quite gel, didn't quite click. Um, even once we started getting some of our regular starters into the game, um, it just never felt like we could get a foothold. I think at two zero, if we could have found a way to get a goal back, it would have been a very different game. But as soon as that third goal went in it felt like we were just playing for playing for pride, playing for a consolation. And, you know, like I, in these types of situations, I never love the idea of like trying to bring on the bench to salvage a game because there's just not enough time often to, to, to make that work. Yeah. And, and, you know, these players are coming in kind of a little bit colder and not really in the same game speed. And, you know, you could tell that, uh, that West Ham was up for the game and really revved to it. So, yeah. I mean, speaking of playing for pride, though, that we did, we did get that a uh, consolation goal. 
Yeah, I, death. I, I was actually, I'd already turned off the game. I was like sick of watching it. So I, <laughs> I missed that last goal. Um, but, you know, it, it was such a, <laughs> it was, it, it felt like there was a level of exhaustion from, from goal scorer and keeper. Like it, he yeah. kind of just rolled it in and, and Fabianski was like, fine, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die for this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it didn't seem, uh, too significant it's nice to get a Odegaard back on the score sheet it's probably gonna be nice for his confidence pad the stats a little bit but yeah it's it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the most contested of goals I think the defenders were also a little bit tired and didn't really you know body up to him the same way you would be if it was they were trying to if it was one nil and they were trying to make sure to tighten down the game they knew that it didn't didn't really matter at that point right yeah, West Ham just looked more up for this game. Um, lots, lots of, lots to play for, um, and, and for them, I think to stay in this competition is a little bit bigger deal. And uh, for us, I think it's a bit of a relief. Uh, you know, a little less figure congestion is is better for for this team. And I'd rather be focused on Champions League and Premier League and. You know, FA Cup is still around the corner somewhere, but we don't need to put too much into that either. I think it's really about making sure we're we're at the top of the, the league and in, in, in the final stretch. I mean, to be honest, even if we had we'd won this competition, if we'd gone all the way, won the, the, the Carabao Cup and none of the other competitions went our way, we finished second or third in the Premier League, you know, didn't make a deep run in the Champions League, I wouldn't have consider it wouldn't have made this season a success you know it's a the Carabao Cup especially where Arsenal is right now is kind of a no-win cup it's just it's 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 not the effort you made to play it is not worth the uh, result of getting that cup yeah especially if you're risking injuries to the depth that you're trying to tap into later in the season you know we need mm. that we need those players but there's also the argument to be made that that game time is good for that depth you know you can't you have to give those opportunities as, as much as you can yeah and i think you know we did the right thing by doing a heavily rotated squad and giving the opportunity to ramsdale and those sorts of things and mm-hmm. you know we we did you know learn <laughs> i think there was some learning moments i think there was some definite uh there's a, a lot of players on that field who aren't making arguments for being starters. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking this would be a great opportunity to see Emil Smith row two games in a row, but it was not meant to be because he was, uh, he was dealing with an injury as well. So Jesus. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just learned about that this morning while watching the game and it's just like it, Smith row. That's his career in a nutshell. Really, he starts getting game time, starts showing some promising performances, and then just gets injured again. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's I'm I love Smith Rowe. I really I want the best for him, but he's another player that I think we might need to start moving on from while he still has value. Yeah, because he could definitely kind of just disappear and and have yeah. no, leave us with nothing. And like, it's just at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, he has all the potential in the world and I think he is a, a good player, but if, 
he's not healthy for long stretches, we it doesn't help us at all. Right. You know? And then he's just gonna have to go through this recovery again and then, you know, fight for his spot of, for again. And, you know, he's he's pretty f- far low down on the depth charts right now. So I don't, it's it's going to be hard for him to get game times to prove himself, just kind of like last year mm-hmm. and the year before. Like, yeah, I think it's um, it's he's 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 got a long way to go. Even still, he hasn't really looked like his his best self um, in the limited time he's had. So he's he's got a he's got to find a way to get back consistently and get into mm-hmm. games and make an impact when he when he can. He did have an assist on uh, one of those Kedia goals, I think. Yeah, but maybe you know, not not quite the impact that I think he needed overall in that game. Yeah, and you know, as again, just the injury, which is you know something he probably can't you know really prevent or anything, is just kind of a a thing that happens. But it seems to be happening quite a bit to him, and it's it's just something that unfortunately derails careers. Yeah, for sure. We've seen it happen too many yeah. times. A lot of times to the number 10s as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. <laughs> um, cursed shirt, question mark? Yeah, I mean, Jordan, uh, <laughs> we're talking about it. It might, be a, it might be a cursed shirt right now. Maybe maybe Odegaard dodged a bullet by not getting the 10. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, we are talking about it as, like, what, the last number 10 that was consistently good for us was uh, Van Persie? Mm-hmm. And that didn't end great. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I think we've we've covered most of the things, but we did have a question. We're kind of we've we've talked around it, but um. Jonathan King Manilas asks, "How's that depth looking?" Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, like depth is is one of those things that it, it's it's supposed to be piece mental in in my mind that it's not that you know if you started your b team it would be as good as your a team there's very mm. few teams in the world that are like that i mean you can point to city but you know even city has had some issues when they've had some key injuries when you have de bruyne and uh what's his name that was suspended rodri mm. that you you expose you know the the players that are kind of underneath are you know obviously a step down the the idea of depth is that when you have injuries, it's not too far of a step down. And I think in general, we have that. There there were some, you know, fairly fringe players that were playing. You had uh, I mean, Reese Nelson, I really don't think is very high on the 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 depth chart right now. And so it doesn't worry me. I think using the way Kivar has been used the last two games where he's been kind of giving rotational rest to uh, uh, Saliba and Gabriel, mm-hmm. respectively. Big. That's that's huge, and I thought he he held himself pretty well this game. I don't think you know he would, he wasn't it wasn't anything where I like took his name down as having an amazing game, but I don't think he caused any problems and was a fairly good deputy, and so it was a positive side of our depth. Uh, I I think really the the depth i'm still most worried about in in general is striker mm-hmm. despite I, I th- you know i think inkedi has had a a good week you know scoring a hat trick and 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 being very well but i think it, you know 
if he gets an injury, then we're in real, real trouble, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And also the, the issue I've always had with Enkedi is his consistency. Yeah. And I think this is kind of a, another example of his consistency, which is he scores a hat trick and then was fairly anonymous today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could have used some of those goals today for sure. Yeah, exactly. And so with, you know, Jesus being out for a long period of time, I'm hoping that Enkedia can really key in on some consistency there. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's my biggest worry for the depth. I think uh, Vieira again had a, uh, <laughs> a mixed week. I think he mm. showed himself really pretty well against Sheffield United and then, you know, wasn't as dazzling today. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a little hit and miss for sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say games like this don't showcase, give us a little bit pause about our depth, but I don't think it's like our depth is is horrible. We also are dealing with some injuries like Party. For example, that, certainly uh, use him back. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, the and I would consider party a depth piece at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, so you know, where when you start getting into you know issues with our depth and injuries, it's it's a little harder to judge how this team has been constructed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's pause, but I'm not hitting panic station yet about our our depth. Other than you know, striker, I'm taking a longer pause with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think we're gonna weather the storm, but I think that it's it's an evolving thing. I think we we know as we go along where the gaps are, and I don't think there's a lot of wiggle room this January. Unless we move somebody on, I don't see there being a lot of changes coming um, or incoming changes. But it it is um, it is something that you know we're probably going to try to address in this coming off season, depending on where things land. Um, But as we continue to fight for um, Champions League and Premier League, we're going to need more and more quality to keep that going. And that that becomes more diff- more and more difficult the the more scheduled congestion that comes up. You know, it just seems like every season you need a very deep bench just to stay on top of all the different things that are coming up, even outside of the the club team and the national teams are encroaching upon um, the fitness of all these players. You know, so it, it, it's like you have to plan for that. And even Arteta was saying we need deeper benches if we're gonna have or bigger squads in general, if we're going to be able to accommodate all these things. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we have, we have an international break coming up very soon again, which I'm just, it's like every, yeah. every third week. It's crazy. And, you know, it, well, it's kind of a break for us as Arsenal fans. It's not a break for the, for most of the players, especially mm-hmm. on the uh, top end of the table where most of these players are playing on national team. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, it's hard to um, build a good, uh, depth, especially when you're you're juggling um, players of quality that want to play. So it, it is going to be something that um, Arsenal are going to have to build and also manage. And I think Arteta is has done an admirable job so far. This goalkeeper situation is um, an interesting um, an interesting one to see how that resolves itself. But uh, so far, you know, it hasn't caused either. Um, you know, internal turmoil that we've we've seen it 
from the outside. So, you know, I'm sure Ramsdale's having a tough time with it, but the quality of the the play on the field is we're getting, we're getting clean sheets and, and that's, that's the important part. You know, we want it, we want mm-hmm. the, the results. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it kind of position by position as it stands right now, goalkeeper, we have fine depth with, we have two starting caliber goalkeepers, center backs. I think we have three center backs that we can rotate through with the depth of both white and Tommy Asu being able to play through there left and right back. We have plenty of depth. And if Timber ever gets fit again, we'll have even more on those uh, areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, on both the uh, left and right wing kind of midfield positions, we have plenty of depth. Uh, the the two places where, you know, I think you can see a little bit of cracks forming is kind of that center midfield. But, you know, I think Rice, Jorginho, you know, Odegaard, these are all, Trissar, these are all play, players that are uh, going to be able to do a job. Havertz, like I think there's a decent amount of depth in that midfield. It really is that striker where, you know, now that Jesus is gone, if we lose in Ketty, you're starting to scramble and put have things like Martinelli or Trissard or Havertz starting as striker. But I mean, you just named three players who could do a job and not mm-hmm. necessarily their best work, but it, it would, wouldn't be the end of the world per se. Yeah. You wouldn't be starting an academy player or, right. or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I I forgot to look ahead on our calendar. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I know Newcastle is coming up, but I forgot to put it in our show notes. Yeah. Um, the we we should not look too far past that because we we do have um not just a, a the Newcastle match, but the uh, um another Sevilla game coming up not too far off on on Wednesday as well. So before we record again, two two fairly big Ooh. matches. Yeah, and and I definitely don't want to look past that Newcastle game. I think their Newcastle, the current version of Newcastle, is a very different type of a team mm. than we have you know faced in the past. And you know we've definitely the last two years have learned not to to look past Newcastle. We've they've you know beaten us several times in the last couple of years. Uh, their team looks very handy. They had a not ideal result the last uh, Premier League, but they they won in the cup today pretty handily. They're going through a little bit of an injury injury crisis right now. They have, I think, at least eight starters that are injured, and I believe one of their other players got injured today during the cup game as well. Uh, so they they're testing their depths as well, <laughs> as well. But uh, it's still a well drilled team. It's going to be a hard team to kind of breakdown they're very defensively solid that's what how is kind of the biggest innovation that how has brought to the team is really keeping that team solid defensively they uh you know definitely know the dark arts they uh they're a team that will frustrate us uh you know it's it's i i'm i'm worried that that this game is going to be at newcastle again which is going to be a a cauldron I think the fans are going to be very up for it. So it's it's this is going to be a very testing game, and I think one of those one of the ones that you know we just had Chelsea. It's going to be I, I feel like a very similar feel to that Chelsea game. Yeah, it it it's, it's sounding like they were going to be missing 
a few players, which might work in our favor. Um, yeah, as I said, eight, eight starters out of it. Isak, Botman, uh, gosh, who else? But there's there's quite a few. Tenali will not be there. <laughs> Tenali. Um, let's see. Here we go. Without the injured Botman, Isak, Jacob Murphy, Harvey mm-hmm. Barnes, Elliot Anderson, and Tenali are not going to be available. So it, it it may work in our favor that we won't be at the seeing them at their peak, but they they may they may surprise us. So I, mm-hmm. I do not want to take this game lightly. It is one we want to definitely win to keep keep pushing, putting pressure on um, you know City, who's right with us, and uh, obviously Tottenham. We we can't can't let our foot off the gas at the moment. Yeah, and it's I mean it's a very different game to that Sheffield game it as i said it's more akin to that uh chelsea game we had or the uh the tottenham game it's a it's a top level clash and it's it's going to be a difficult win yeah we will keep our fingers crossed for this one um and then the return return leg i would call it of the uh champions league matchup with sevilla the uh home home version of this should be uh another another battle i i'm expecting mm-hmm. them to come out and want revenge <laughs> definitely and i think you know sevilla needs to get this win to really put themselves back into qualifying out of the group uh it's gonna be they're a tough team to break down as a you know we've just recently talked about them and i think the same thing goes they're proven winners in europe they've got a lot of experience in the in european competition it's going to be a tough game. This is going to be a very tough week, which is why I think for this, uh, you know, Carabao Cup, it was a, a very rotated squad because we knew that there's going to be some players that are going to be heavily leaned on. You know, Sokka <laughs> is going to start all those games. We're going to really need all these all of our players at the the top performance. Yeah. It is a relatively late game on uh, Saturday, starting at 10.30. Oh, 10.30? That's right, oh, near Saturday. Wheelhouse. Yeah, I love those games. <laughs> And oh, that's I love that. It'll be uh, I mean, I do. I work at five thirty, but I'll I'll be able to wake up, watch the game, and then what ten thirty? So the game will be over by like two. So I have a couple hours off before uh, starting my uh, shift. So oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're easily done by one o'clock, no problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be good. I don't, I don't particularly like it because. Yeah. It starts eating away at the day, and nobody likes that. Nobody likes <laughs> dad watching soccer when there's other things to be done. Yeah, like kids to have fun with, and yeah, and all that. But you know, I'll make it work. I'll make it happen. Um. Okay. Anything else we need to touch on this week? No, I think I think we've. I feel pretty good of uh, what we covered. It's a uh, you know this. I know it's a, a bitter feeling coming off the the loss and just recording off that, but I think overall it's been a, a pretty successful week. I th- I'm I'm not too unhappy with the way Arsenal looks right now. Second in the table, two points off. Champions League group is looking good. Enkedia scoring. Yeah, can't complain too much. We'll take it. There, there's always something to complain about, but there's also lots of things to be happy about. And I think that yeah. right now the scales are tilted in the the positive. Yeah. I'm 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 glad to be an Arsenal fan right now. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no shame in wearing your Arsenal jersey these days. No, it's nice. It is. Um. All right. 
Well, we'll call it we'll call it there. If you uh, want to find out more about where to find us on the internet, you can check our show notes. Um, it's where you'll find our link to our Discord and uh, much more. And uh, thank you for joining us this week. And uh, we'll call it there. So as always, see you at the next gun show. <laughs>